I'd like to thank KTMS 990 and Montecito Bank and Trust for making Scam Squad possible. I'm Patty Teal. And I'm Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. Scam Squad is up next. Sound off. One, two. Sound off. Three, four. One, two, three, four. Scam Squad. Welcome to Scam Squad. I'm Patty Teal here, as always, with Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. And Vicki, we've got our favorite criminologist with us here today. We do. So we want to welcome back Judy Christman Yates, who comes up with these fantastic financial exploitation newsletters. I wish I could talk about everything in these letters, but we're limited. The last one, though, had a couple of interesting sections in it, and I wanted to cover those. So welcome, Judy. So nice to have you back with us. And in your latest newsletter, you talk, first of all, about the top scams of 2022 in terms of loss, in terms of monetary loss. And I thought people would be interested in knowing what they are. So first of all, according to the Federal Trade Commission, how much money did people report losing in 2022 to scams? Thank you, Vicki and Patty, for inviting me back to Scam Squad. The Federal Trade Commission statistics show people losing $8.8 billion to scams in 2022. Now, it's important to know the Federal Trade Commission is sanctioned to collect reports on all financial crimes. They put it in a database called the Sentinel, which is available to every law enforcement agency in the United States. And so it's really important, even if you have a small loss, 10,000 or even less, you put it in that ftc.gov crime database because law enforcement will find out that maybe 10, 20, 100 or 1,000 victims And so they can get a lot bigger sentence on that. Yeah, it is important. And for the same reason, you should also report to ic3.gov, which is the FBI database, because they collect similar information. And I just read a newsletter coming from them, and they put the loss reported to them. Of course, it's going to be different than what was reported to FTC. They put the loss at around 10 billion, over 10 billion. And this is just what's been reported. And unfortunately, we know it's only the tip of the iceberg that is being reported. So of that amount, what were the top two categories in terms of monetary loss? Well, investment scams were reported to have the biggest loss by the FTC, and that was $3.8 billion. And that type of scam is gold, silver, or cryptocurrency. Okay. And And what was the second category? Impersonator scams. That's where somebody's pretending to be the IRS, Amazon, Social Security. That was the most reported scam, and that was $2.6 billion. And we're hearing a lot about that recently, people pretending to be from the IRS. It's tax time. And that brings me to the second thing that you talk about. We are approaching that filing deadline. It's tax time again, and that's when the scammers come out. And you talk about the IRS scams to avoid this year. What do you think is important for our listeners to know about these scams? Well, phishing is a scammer's delight. And what that means is phishing is a technique where they send out a request using email, text message, phone calls. Then once again, it's an impersonation scheme or imposter scam. And they're fishing for information and trying to get you to reply. You know, Dayton Aldridge, who we have on the show, also has a great analogy that he uses with the phishing scams. He said, think of somebody fishing off a pier, for example, all of the many, many hundreds of people. Now imagine thousands and thousands of scammers sending out their lines and just hoping to hook one person. 
And they have the ability now to send out this information and these requests to so many, many, many people. And all they need is one person. They just need to hook one person and they can start to see the money roll in. Yes, it's very cost effective for the scammers to do this because they can send out hundreds of thousands of requests. So you think, oh, well, you know, why do they bother? Well, because it pays. It does. It pays. So if somebody calls you pretending to be from the IRS telling you that you owe money and you have to pay right now, you know right away that's a scam. That's not how the IRS works. If you owe money, you're going to get a letter and they're going to make an offer to you that you talk to them and line up a payment plan if you can't pay the whole thing immediately. And they're going to be very reasonable about it. They are not going to threaten to put you in jail. They are not going to threaten to freeze your assets. They're not going to threaten any of those things in a phone call. They are going to write you a letter. It's a certified letter. So you're going to have to sign for it. So yes, don't be answering these calls. Somebody calls telling you they're from the IRS, hang up, just hang up. Judy, you talk about some other tax-related scams. Tell us about those. Well, identity theft, that's when the scammer uses your social security number to file a tax return. By the way, you're only allowed to file one tax return a year. So you need to get your tax return in early so that a scammer can't use that. But there's also abusive arrangements. What that is, is where the scammers are reaching out and saying, oh, we can save you money. Use us. Just pay us a little and we'll get you a lot of money back. There are tax debt settlements. That's where they find people who are having problems paying their taxes and they promise all kinds of things that we can get it erased or postponed. You go directly to the IRS to get that fixed. You don't go to other people. There is also called a ghost tax preparer. That's where a scammer pretends to be somebody who will do your taxes. And what you do is you ask for a PTIN, which is a preparer tax identification number. Every person that is certified to do your taxes has that. And by the way, when they sign your tax return, they are also always required to have their signature on there. Another one happens to be spear phishing. That's more for tax professionals. They use corrupt software, for example, and they try to get personal information from people that are doing other people's tax returns. Yeah, there's lots to watch out for. You really just have to be so careful. You talked about filing taxes early to avoid having somebody else file in your name, which, by the way, happened to my husband and I, although I think we actually beat them to the punch. We were notified that somebody had filed taxes using our name, but that was after we had already filed. So I think we avoided any problems. Who knows how they got our information? But at any rate, filing taxes early was one thing that you suggested. Are there other things that we should do to avoid tax scams? Oh, definitely. So carefully review all your texts, emails, social media messages. Don't fall for people out there trying to fish for your information. Don't open or download any attachments on these emails or texts. And as you hear from us often, do not click or reply to links. You can contact the IRS directly at 1-800-829-1040. That is 1-800-829-1040. And at the end of this segment, these links will be posted for you. Also, it's important, like Vicki said before, to understand how the IRS operates. No one is showing up at your door who is an IRS representative. No one. Do not answer your door if you don't know who is there. 
even if you have them show you a badge from inside, you know, through your window, don't let anyone in. So you can do your research, always check on your tax professionals and what have you, make sure there's a PTIN number, like I say. And then Vicki, I think the last thing we're talking about is where to report tax scams. The easiest thing to do is go to irs.gov. That is the basic website. You can put into that, you'll see all kinds of things that are offered. And what they have available for you is you can actually forward any texts that you get that are suspicious to phishing at irs.gov. That's phishing, P-H-I-S-I-N-G. They have IRS Identity Theft Central that has all types of information to help you with that. You can report a scam. You can pass that on to the phishing at irs.gov. And there's a place to send text messages. That is 1202-552-1226 for text messages that are phony. So just do your homework. When in doubt, go to irs.gov and ask on their website for whatever information that you want. And it's there and it's easy to navigate. That is really good information. And obviously, the IRS is very aware of all of these different kinds of scams because they warn us over and over and over again in many different formats that they are not going to call us. They are going to send us a letter through the postal service. So they are very aware of what's going on. And it's good to know that they want these scams reported because that tells me that they have agents out there trying to track these people down and do something about this. So very good information to have. Thank you so much, Judy. Everybody file your taxes early. (laughs) Oh, gosh, it's so hard to do them early. Anyway, I I have a question about all that you've told us, Judy. Sometimes are there legitimate companies that help people to reduce their taxes that they're owed that negotiate for you? Or do you always just go directly to the IRS? Well, you can go online and put in your search engine, whatever company, look up help for debts, and you can look it up, but you can't take the first one. First of all, remember when you go to your search engine and put something in, the first things that come up are ads, ADS, also sponsors, that's pretty much the same, but it'll say sponsors. Scroll through. If you can find one that is a .gov, that is likely the most legitimate one there. If you find somebody that you want to do business with, then just Google them and put scam after their name. Put in their phone number, put scam or complaint. Go to the Better Business Bureau and look it up. So there are legitimate agencies out there or companies out there. It's just so hard because scammers are bombarding us with all this information. So do your research. And I recently did a segment with the BBB of the Tri-Counties. There's a lot of people pretending to be the BBB that are not as well. So even be careful with that one, of course, BBB.org. And you can call your local office, but there's a lot of scammers that are saying they're BBB and they have legitimate looking logos and they've copied their websites. So be careful with that too. Correct. I did not know that. That's Mm -hmm. unreal. Why would scammers not do that? No stone unturned. That's for sure. It's just shocking. I have to weed through all this, but we really do. It's our money. So be careful. I did find out very recently that AARP, which is a wonderful organization, I use their information often when I do these shows. They offer a free tax service for low-income folks, folks that can't afford to pay a tax preparer or an accountant. 
the Association of Retired Persons. So they are excellent. And by the way, they put out two magazines a month that have wonderful information on there on what to do. And they have links in there. And I believe you only have to be 55 to sign up officially. They really are a wonderful group. They are. They have amazing articles covering everything from finances to health. Uh, and everything in between. So Mm -hmm. I enjoy the publications. I get a lot of good information from those publications. And they offer some wonderful services and offer great discounts on different things too. So this is a real plug for AARP. That's right. That's right. So Vicki, it's rumored that you have some good information to share some good news as we call it. I do. I do. This is a hot off the presses. This is from the United States government, and this is from the U.S. Attorney's Office in Montana. Uh, Here is the caption. Kalispell woman who sent money overseas in money mule scheme sentenced to 57 months in prison. It's interesting how the feds always use months. $2 million restitution order. So this is a woman who was running what she called a money transmitting business, and she opened over 50 bank accounts and was actually operating as a money mule. And she laundered millions of dollars collected through various fraud schemes across the country, such uh, things as romance scams and fake investment scams. And then she sent the proceeds overseas while keeping 10% for her own benefit. Now, the thing that was interesting about this is that she had been warned back in 2017 that she was in danger of being prosecuted as a money mule. This is usually how law enforcement works. That's why I thought this article was kind of interesting. Law enforcement does understand that many people don't know that they're being used as a money mule. They're innocent. They get caught up in a romance scam, for example. They run out of money, and then the scammer says, well, okay, I understand you don't have any more money to send me, but here's how you can help me out. Could you put money in your bank account and send it to somebody else? I can't do that because I'm overseas. You know, they come up with some excuse. So that's a way that innocent people get caught up in being a money mule. Now, this woman operated a money transmitting business. So she knew what she was doing. Nevertheless, the FBI warned her once, stop doing this. But no, she continued to do it. Actually, it was the Secret Service that warned her, informed her she was acting as a money mule, but she continued to do it. So they finally prosecuted her, convicted her, and she's going to be spending 57 months in federal prison. And this was some interesting information from the IRS. These were the agents that were involved in the case, the IRS agents. Arresting money mules, people like this, arresting and prosecuting them disrupts international crime organizations because money mules are the lifeblood of these fraudsters, enriching themselves and harming countless victims in the process. And they talked about the sentencing of this woman. Today's sentencing is a victory for all taxpayers and an example of the commitment we share with the FBI and other law enforcement partners to cut off the flow of money to criminals who think they are beyond our reach. And as we've talked about many, many times, most of these criminals operate out of our jurisdiction. They're in places like India and Pakistan and Nigeria and Canada. So our local law enforcement can't reach them. But what local law enforcement can do, often operating with the help of the FBI and based on information they get from ic3.gov. 
What they can do is interrupt the flow of money to these fraudsters by arresting and prosecuting and convicting the money mules who help transfer these funds out of the country because the fraudsters can't operate without the money mules. It it offers an extra layer of protection between them and getting prosecuted because there's that intermediary that the money is running through. So this was an important arrest and an important conviction because it really does send a message that we warned you. What a great story because we all feel for the inadvertent money mule who doesn't realize what they're doing. But since she got that warning and they were lenient with her at first, you have to wonder if it just wasn't greed or what caused her to keep going with it. Just too much money that she couldn't resist? Who knows? She was ordered to pay $2 million plus million in restitution. So she got a fair share of the cut from this mm. money that went overseas. Once again, she just let greed guide her and mm-hmm. she got caught. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. And Vicki, could you give our listeners your fraud hotline in case they want to talk to you about a scam that they're worried about or if they want to tell their own story on Scam Squad? Absolutely. It's area code 805-568-2442. And I will repeat that, 805-568-2442. And I want to thank Judy for coming on our show again. Thank you so much. Thank you, Judy. Great information. Thank you. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.